Welcome to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. Thank you so much for listening today. I'm so excited to have you with me, and uh, we got a great show lined up for you. We are uh, in ordinary time, as I mentioned yesterday. We're going to talk a little bit more about what that means today. We're going to talk about, and it's not going to be just me talking. I've got a little sound clip I want to play for you. A friend of mine, uh, Dr. Brant Petrie, you may recognize that name. I'm going to uh, tell you a little bit more about uh, Dr. Brant Petrie in a bit, and we're going to play this little sound clip where he explains why ordinary time may be something of a misnomer. I hinted at that on yesterday's show, and we'll talk about that today. We also are going to talk a little bit just a little bit about the movie Julie, Julie and Julia. Uh, you may have seen that. Came out, I think, back in 2009, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, my wife and I have seen it a couple of times. I really enjoy that movie. Uh, the reality, maybe not so much, uh, but the movie was was really good. I found it to be kind of inspirational, and it was just entertaining. I mean, the wow, what a what a lineup of actors in that movie. Meryl Streep. Uh, uh, Stanley Tucci, uh, Amy Powell, um, uh, Amy Powell, Amy Adams, uh, playing Julie Powell. Uh, just a fantastic uh, lineup of of actors, and uh, it was just really well done, really well put together. So we'll talk a little bit about that. I wanted to maybe pull on a few themes uh, when it comes to cooking and and eating. Uh, talk about that today on the show, and uh, we also, you know, yesterday. I mentioned I kind of built it up in the beginning of the show, and this happens from time to time. I confess, since we talked about confession yesterday, I'm, I'm confessing that from time to time this happens where I will build something up. I have it planned out. I do, but I get sidetracked in the middle of a show. I may chase a few rabbits hither and thither and uh, as a result, run out of time. And that's what happened yesterday. You know, I promised I was going to share with you this list of 15 must-try restaurants in New Orleans, uh, a list that was put together uh, by Chef Alon Shia. And uh, we never got to it. We never got to it yesterday, but we are going to get to that today, and uh, I will make sure of that. All right, I'll make sure of that. So we have a few other things that we'll be talking about. I have a couple of, of, of uh, little announcements uh, to, to share with you, uh, uh, too, and so that'll be a little bit later in the show. But first of all, I want to remind you uh, to kind of look back a little bit to this past Sunday. It was the feast, a big celebration. It was the baptism of the Lord, a, the, a solemnity, right? The solemnity of the baptism of the Lord. And that can be one of those kind of uh, confusing feast days, don't you think? Uh, you know, if Jesus was sinless, why did he have to be baptized? There's a lot of different uh, uh, questions we could have about that particular uh, uh, solemnity, that particular celebration that we have. And uh, it, way too much for us to get into today on the Catholic Foodie Show, uh, all the ins and outs of that. But I do want to highlight just a few things about baptism. Uh, the baptism of Jesus, we're going to see this uh, when I, I bring this, uh, I bring uh, Dr. Brant Petrie on the show, not live, but just a pre-recorded little segment I want to share with you. Um, and also I, I wanted to highlight something else. Not only was it the solemnity of the baptism of the Lord, but it was also the anniversary of my wife's baptism. Uh, she was baptized on January 10th, I guess that was uh, Sunday, January 10th, uh, a number of years ago, you know, like maybe 24 years ago, let's say. Uh, hint, hint, 
I'm <laughs> uh, just trying to flatter my wife. Uh, a little bit longer than that, uh, a little bit, a little bit further back than that. But um, we we do that at home. I don't know if you do. Just just the other day, uh, Pope Francis spoke about this. As a matter of fact, uh, how important it is for us to remember and to celebrate our baptism. Let me see. I have a an article here from the Catholic News Agency that uh, that tells us all about it. It says. That in the Sunday Angelus, uh, Pope Francis remarked uh, that it's it's important for us to both know and to celebrate the the day of our, bap- our baptism, since it is through the sacrament that we become children of God. I ask you a question, he says. Who among you remembers the day of their baptism? The Pope asked during his January tenth. Angelus address marking the feast of the baptism of the Lord. Certainly not everyone, he says, knows the date, uh, and he urged those who don't to go and to look for it. If necessary, asking parents, grandparents, godparents, or even their parish for help. Baptism is important to celebrate because it is the date of our rebirth as children of God, Pope Francis said, and he gave those present the homework of finding the date during the coming week. Uh, so that's really, really awesome. And we, we do strive to do that. Um, and it's not that we're, we do it because we're perfect or that we, you know, um, are just like super holy or anything like that. That's not, not the case. It, it just so happens that because I was in the seminary, not once, but twice, and I had to provide that paperwork both times I entered the seminary. Uh, and also when we got married, we had to have our baptismal copy of a baptismal certificate. And then, uh, subsequently, um, we went through a period of formation with, uh, like a third order type of thing, although it wasn't a third order. It was, uh, um, I can't remember now what, what it's called. It's, it's something for lay people, but to be part of it is a formation, you know, religious formation with the Pauline family, daughters of St. Paul and, and the, the Pauline priest. It was part of that, that family. And we had to have our paperwork, right? Our sacramental uh, records for that. And, you know, I, I mentioned even, I think yesterday, the fact that I worked, I did parish work. I worked as a, a DRE and I were a director of re- religious education and also worked uh, with sacramental preparation for high school students uh, for a number of years in the church. And as a result, I had to, um, I had to confirm people's uh, uh, sacramental records. I had to, to, to write all that stuff down. And, and so it was very important. I, I'm just very cognizant, I guess you could say, of the importance of the sacramental uh, records. And so I know my baptism date. You know, I was baptized um, September 19th, 1970. And I know the church where I was baptized in Baton Rouge. Uh, you know, and so that's, those kind of things are just things that I know, and, and, and we do celebrate the baptism days of, uh, in our family. So my children and my wife, uh, we, we celebrate those days and that's kind of neat. You know, it's, it's just, it, it's, it's important. I, I agree with Pope Francis. I think it is important. Um, as a matter of fact, we used to, uh, when we were, uh, when I was in the seminary, uh, the first time with mother Teresa's priest, we used to have a tradition there, of celebrating feast days. And so we didn't do birthdays. We did feast days. Whenever you would start formation in the community, uh, you would pick a, a patron saint, somebody that would be your, your own kind of patron. You weren't renamed after them or anything. It was just a, a particular feast day that would be yours. And, uh, 
I chose the the my confirmation saint, which was Saint John the Evangelist. That was my uh, my my patron. And so every year um, on December 27th, we would celebrate that feast day and, and it would just be a special day for me. And I would get special recognition on that day and mass would be celebrated for me, that kind of thing in the, in the community. Um, but I always, I guess, kind of carried that over after I left the, the seminary uh, and eventually got married started having children of celebrating a special day. It's not your birthday, but your spiritual birthday, right? You're the birthday, the day that you become a, a child of God. You're part of God's family. So that's something that we kind of uh, do here in our family. If you do that, I'd love to hear about it, especially if you have any kind of special things that you do for that day. Uh, I'd love to hear about it. You can always leave voice feedback for me here at the Catholic Foodie Show by dialing 985-635-4974, 985-635-4974 and leaving me a voice message. I can play that right here on the show and I'd love to hear from you. Uh, so 985-635-4974, that is the the number. Now, in addition to that, I want to share a couple of things, one more thing about, one more thing about baptism. And that is that a friend of mine, uh, Eric Neubauer, has written an article. He posted this just yesterday and I'm trying to, to pull this up. And it also kind of highlights baptism. The title of the article is Baptism Changes Everything. Baptism Changes Everything. And it is talking about the, 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 the solemnity of the baptism of the Lord. It's talking about, um, you know, having an expectant heart and how we can receive this, this grace of baptism. It talks about baptismal promises and how important they are and what it means that God is well pleased with us. So I, I highly recommend this. Uh, Eric Neubauer, he uh, blogs over at uh, 21st Century Pilgrim. Dot com is 21 century pilgrim.com and you can you can check that over there so a little shout out there to my friend Eric doing great work doing great work in the church 21 century 21st century 21 century pilgrim.com uh, so check that out and I wanted to uh, talk about that uh, the baptism of the Lord as this transition that we're in right now we're now in Ordinary time, and I talked about this yesterday, that ordinary time is really not very ordinary. You know, there's a lot of extraordinary things uh, that we celebrate throughout the year in what we call ordinary time. And for me, I think it kind of highlights the fact that it's in the ordinariness of daily life that we really encounter God. God meets us where we are. Or if you're in New Orleans, you would say it this way. You would say, God meets you where you're at, <laughs> right? God meets you right where you're at. And, uh, and he does, right? In the ordinariness of work and family life and, and all of that. Uh, when we come, we are going to take a break. We have a break coming up here. And uh, when we come back from the break, we're going to have uh, Dr. Brant Petrie kind of lead us through a little short explanation of what Ordinary Time is all about. I'm very excited about that. You are listening to The Catholic Foodie Show right here on Breadbox Media. Don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute.
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host. So glad that you're with me today. We're talking ordinary time. And uh, I'm so happy to to uh, be able to, to share with you this little sound clip uh, from Dr. Brad Petrie. I have to tell you, Dr. Brad Petrie's a friend of mine, and, and I'm, I'm, I'm privileged. I, I feel very blessed that I can call him a friend. Uh, he lives not too far uh, from me and used to live a lot closer. <laughs> they moved a couple of years ago, a little further away. But he is uh, right here from, you know, he's a, a, a local boy right here from uh, uh, Louisiana, and uh, it's amazing. You may have have heard of uh, Dr. Brant Petrie. I've got a list here of some of the books he has written, and where did I put that? I always, I got so many, uh, I have so many, uh, what do you call it, tabs open that I oftentimes get lost, and I don't know what, uh, what I'm doing. I think it's right here. Let me see. Uh, that's right. Okay. So he's written a number of books. His most recent book, The Case for Jesus, uh, came out. He wrote that with, um, well, I think he wrote it and maybe Bishop Barron is the one who wrote the introduction. I have not read that book yet. Uh, and it is coming out. It looks like it's pre-ordered or maybe it's available for pre-order. That's right. It's going to be released on February 2nd. Uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Unlocking the Secrets of the Last Supper is another book that, uh, that he has written. Jesus, the Bridegroom, uh, the greatest love story ever told, uh, is another book. And uh, I mean, he's just an amazing, amazing man. Very humble. Uh, I remember I had the privilege. It's going back a, a number of years now, probably before Katrina, if I'm not mistaken. I was working on a uh, master's degree in uh, theology, and I was teaching at the time. I was teaching religion and Spanish and Latin and. Uh, and I was working on this uh, degree in, in one of the courses I was able to take in the summertime. And this was, this went, this wasn't specifically, I don't think for the master's program, this particular class was uh, part of the continuing education that I had to have as a, as a teacher of theology at the high school level, as a religion teacher. And it was a class that uh, Dr. Brant Petrie taught. And it was on, basically it was on Jesus and the Jewish roots of the Eucharist. That was the, the class material. It was amazing. It was an absolutely amazing class, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And, you know, it's kind of cool when you have somebody who's just so down to earth, just so real, you know, and and so simple and so humble. But the man is amazing. You know, he's a genius. Um, A little bit about him. Uh, Dr. Brant Petrie is a professor of sacred scripture at Notre Dame Seminary in New Orleans, Louisiana. He earned his Ph.D. in theology from the University of Notre Dame, where he specialized in the study of New Testament and uh, ancient Judaism. He's the author of several articles and books uh, Jesus, the Tribulation, the End of the Exile, uh, Jesus and the Jewish Roots of the Eucharist, Jesus the Bridegroom, and Dr. Petrie is an extremely enthusiastic and engaging speaker who lectures regularly across the United States. He's produced dozens of Bible studies on CD, DVD, and MP3, in which he explores the biblical foundations of the Catholic faith and theology. He currently lives uh, in Gray, Louisiana, with his wife, Elizabeth, and their five children. Um, he, um, there was something else I was reading through that. I thought, oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta remember to mention this. Oh, he has been on the Catholic foodie podcast before we, I had him on a few years back, uh, to talk about, uh, Holy Thursday and to kind of give us a, uh, kind of a, a, a scriptural, uh, shot in the arm 
to get us ready that year for uh, for the Holy Triduum. And that was awesome. And I, I've talked to him since then, and, and we will have him back on the show uh, probably as we get close to Lent or maybe during Lent to try to get him back on the show here. But in the meantime, I want to share with you this little sound clip. It's going to be a couple of minutes long, a few minutes long, where he's talking about the fact that we are now in ordinary time and what that is all about. What does that really mean for me and for you? This is part of a new endeavor where he is going to be doing uh, mass readings explained is what it is. And he gives you a little intro here at the beginning of what that's all about. Uh, So let's just take a listen. The Sunday after Epiphany um, is a very important Sunday. It's the Sunday of the baptism of the Lord. And each year, this Sunday functions as the transition between Christmas time and ordinary time. And in ordinary time, um, it's a little unfortunate that it's called ordinary time because there's nothing really ordinary about it. What we're really doing in the ordinary time of each year is taking about 33 or 34 weeks, uh, 34 Sundays, to work our way through the life of Jesus Christ. Um, each year, the church chooses a particular gospel. In year A, the gospel of Matthew. In year B, the gospel of Mark. And in year C, which is what we'll be looking at, the gospel of Luke, to reflect on, to meditate on the words and the deeds of Jesus Christ. And although those cycles of years technically begin with the first Sunday of Advent, um, in Advent, the weeks are different. They have a different arrangement. We'll we'll look at that later when we get to Advent. But in ordinary time, uh, they begin with the baptism of the Lord, and then they walk through the public ministry of Jesus Christ. So that throughout the year, if you're going to Mass every Sunday, you're hearing the words of Jesus, you're hearing about the deeds of Jesus, you're listening to his teachings, reflecting on his miracles, and you're getting to know Christ better by what he does and what he says. So we're going to begin by looking at the gospel for each one of these Sundays in ordinary time, um, which the church chooses to give us in continual readings. In other words, each Sunday is going to follow upon the previous Sunday. And then, as we'll see, the Old Testament readings and other readings are going to be chosen, like the Psalms, to go with these Sunday gospel readings. So, uh, this week we're going to start with the baptism of the Lord as the beginning of Jesus' public ministry. And then we'll try to, what I'm going to try to show is that um, the readings for Sundays, in ordinary time in particular, are not chosen haphazardly. Um, they really all are all coordinated around the gospel, around the life of Jesus Christ, uh, with the exception of the readings from the letters, which we'll come back to later. So what I want to do is look at the gospel reading, raise a few questions, and then show you how each week those questions can be answered by paying close attention to the text and the context of the other readings, especially the Old Testament reading and the reading from the book of Psalms. So let's begin with this transitional Sunday from Christmas to ordinary time, the baptism of the Lord in year C. And this is really awesome. uh, is from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 3. It really is awesome. And I'm going to include a link in the show notes for that. I didn't want to do the whole uh, uh, 
meditation here that he's sharing because that's uh, about 15 minutes long. Uh, but I wanted to give you a taste of what he is offering uh, because I think it's fantastic. And it's something that, that you know, can help you uh, from Sunday to Sunday throughout ordinary time to kind of grow closer to Jesus, to grow closer to Jesus through the word of God, through scripture, which is just so, so, so important. You know, one of the things when I was studying scripture, one of the things that um, that really struck me is that you know, we have such reverence. If you go into uh, a Catholic church, you know, we have such referen- reverence for uh, the Eucharist. You know, uh, everything from the, the tabernacle and the candle that's there and the, the genuflections that we do and the, the reverence, the bowing of, at, before the altar, all those little things, all the way to, all the way to uh, the, how we receive communion, right? The cleaning of the vessels after communion, uh, the, the care that is taken that none of the uh, the Eucharistic species are spilled or dropped, uh, that every little particle is uh, accounted for, you know, at the at the end or throughout and then at the end of of the communion uh, 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 rite, and so there's such reverence for the Eucharist in in the church, and what what blew me away studying Scripture is that the church has always taught has always taught that we reverence the word of God just as we do the body of Christ. And that's just amazing. You know, so we do, you see it, you, you see it in, in uh, the liturgy, you know, where, where perhaps the deacon or the priest prior to proclaiming the gospel will elevate the book of the gospels. You know, elevate the the book the book as we sing Alleluia uh, during uh, certain uh, liturgical celebrations that would maybe be considered a high mass or uh, a solemnity you know, some sort of a solemn celebration where there's incense that the, the book of the Gospels will will be incensed. You know, so we see that reverence. Uh, the fact that. Uh, when we talk about the readings at mass, it's not that some, anybody, it's not just anybody goes up to read it, but that people who have been prepared to do so, uh, go up to read and they're actually proclaiming the word of God. And that as the church teaches, when those readings are read at mass, it is as if Jesus himself is speaking to the people. Just such a beautiful thing. So to hear, uh, to know that, that Dr. Brant Petrie is uh, going to be uh, producing these short videos of 10 to 15 minutes in length uh, each Sunday to help us to uh, to really soak up the word of God in this season of ordinary time. <laughs> I, I'm just, ex- I'm so excited about that. And so kudos to him. I will have a link in the show notes, of course, to uh, the videos to where, where you could find those. Uh, and also I will embed this video over at catholicfoodie.com. So if you wanted to see the whole video, the whole 14, I think 14 minutes or so uh, uh, video, you'll have that available for you uh, at your viewing uh, convenience, you know, at your leisure or your leisure, depending on where you're from. Uh, you can watch that and uh, and be edified and be edified. So fantastic. And man, it's just I'm just so excited about that. That is uh, that is wonderful. And I'm also so glad that you were here listening to the Catholic Foodie today. Uh, we're going to be talking Julie and Julia, the movie, uh, when we come back from the break. Also going to be talking about a few other things. So stay with me. You are listening to the Catholic Foodie show here on Breadbox Media. We got to take a break. We'll be back, though. Don't go away. 
And we're back. Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So glad that you are here with me today. We're talking ordinary time. We're talking about the importance of baptism, the, the, the sacrament of baptism, and knowing our baptism days and celebrating them appropriately. Uh, we talked about the Word of God and how important Scripture is and, and, and all the good work that Dr. Brant Petrie is doing, especially helping us to come into a deeper uh, 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 connection, a deeper relationship with God through Scripture and this new initiative he has going on uh, starting this year, right, in ordinary time. Uh, bringing these little videos to kind of meditate each week on the Sunday readings. Uh, I'm just so stinking excited about that. I can't stand it. It's awesome. And and now, in this segment of the show, we are going to be talking about uh, Julie and Julia. Just for a bit, before we get into talking about the 15 must-try must restaurants in New Orleans. Have you seen that movie, Julie and Julia, is based on a book uh, it's kind of a, I mean, it's a good story. It's a great story. I really enjoyed the story. Um, the, the movie came out in 2009 and I, I watched it when it came out, matter of fact, and I saw, I've seen it a couple times, I think since then. Um, I, I, I really liked it. I really enjoyed the movie. I mean, you got Meryl Streep and, uh, 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 Stanley Tucci play that in that movie. Uh, you, you have Amy Adams who plays, uh, Julie. And Meryl Streep, oh my goodness, she plays uh, Julia Child. I mean, you talk about, uh, she was just amazing, absolutely amazing. So I love uh, uh, the show. I will have to say that, you know, we I watched this uh, with the family uh, Sunday night. It was a little treat. Uh, we'd had a, a long day, a long weekend, and it was a little way to relax. And we, my, the kids had never seen it before. All they heard, I did pull some clips out, sound clips from that movie years ago, uh, and use them as a kind of bumper music in between breaks uh, on the Catholic Foodie podcast. And uh, I, I was trying to find that for the show today, and I, I just couldn't couldn't find them. I don't know what happened to them. I had to, to try to find those again. Uh, but a lot of fun, really a lot of fun. And the, the movie is a lot of fun. And, and there's a, f- a few themes in the movie I really want to kind of highlight and share with you today. I will say though, and I have to say, I just have to say this, I'm kind of disappointed. Um, in the middle of the, of the, of the show, we had to intermission, you know, bathroom break intermission. And, uh, my wife says, I wonder, I wonder what, what's up with, you know, Julie Powell today. You know, so I decided to Google it. Of course, I can, you know, have the 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 world's encyclopedias, the the history of all knowledge at my fingertips on my phone. Uh, so I decided to Google it to find out, and and I I was really wanting to kick myself for doing that afterwards because apparently uh, success did not um, treat her well. I don't know how to put put it any other way. Um, she's had some, some, um, rough times, I think since, since the success of, of the book and then the, the, the movie, um, and has had a second book, which I, I will not, uh, care to, to read. Uh, so that's, that's kind of the issue. You know, the kind of the issue is, you know, look, you look at Julie and Julia, the movie it's PG 13 is family friendly. Um, the, the theme itself was just about, Food and food plays such a, a, a important role in our in our lives, and I know today is very difficult to see it. Today, well, people might want to argue with that, but I think so. I think today it is very difficult to see it. It's, it's very different. You have a lot of people today who have food issues, right? Food issues um, of all kinds. Uh, 
uh, but you don't have that genuine love that you see and enjoyment of food within the proper context, right? The context is a meal, a shared meal with people. And that's why you have the prevalence of of fast food and why it's as successful as it is today, because we're always on the run, we're always eating on the go, and we're all just too daggum busy to sit down across from a table and spend time with each other. And it's sad. And I think it's a, you know, is it the chicken or the egg? Which came first? I I don't know. And I'm not really sure it matters. Uh, The fact is, is that we're on a a bad road. (laughs) You know, the road we're on, whether it's the chicken or the egg, who who knows, who cares? Uh, The fact is, is that we've got to make some changes if we want our lives to change. And we got to make some changes if we want things to be different. And so when you look at this movie, it tells in a very upbeat story. You know, it is a story of, of, a, of a girl trying to, you know, a young lady uh, trying to find her way in the world kind of confused because she has all these other friends who are very successful and she feels like she's, I mean, she's just working a job. She, she doesn't really know what she wants to do. She's just working a job and trying to figure out who she is, which is a normal thing. I mean, lots of us go through that all the time. And what was it that she was a writer, she had actually written a novel and nobody wanted to publish it. All right. So she's kind of waffling here, trying to figure out who she is and what to do next. And she kind of stumbled upon this idea of doing a blog. And the, the story, the, the theme of this whole thing is what? She's going to take this great cookbook, this classic Julia Child's uh, cookbook on uh, uh, French cuisine, this, the masterpiece of, of mastering the art of French cooking, right? French cuisine. And she's going to cook all the recipes. She's going to cook her way through that book and write about it. And uh, it, all within a year, so 365 days, 524 recipes, I think it was, and she's got to do it all. Talk about a culinary education, right? I mean, that, wow, that's awesome. You could learn a lot about cooking if you did that. Uh, and I can imagine it was very strenuous for her and for her husband to, to go through that within a year. That's a, a huge undertaking. I, know, I just wrote a book, had a book published uh, last year, 78 recipes. And I can tell you, it's hard. <laughs> It is not easy. And it, it, it took a, a toll on, on all of us. You know, it was, a, it was a group effort. It was a wonderful experience. It really was. But it was still hard work, you know. And so I can imagine it really impacting this woman and her husband. And uh, uh, but but this, the movie itself, just looking at the movie, not the book that she wrote, not the actual experience that, that happened back in, I think, 2002 and she started writing or whatever the blog, you know, cause it's based on a true story. The movie is based on two true stories. The story of this blogger, Julie Powell, you know, cooking and writing her way through Julia Child's masterpiece cookbook. And there's the true story of Julia Child really trying to f- figure out who she was and, and what, what she was going to do when she was living in France. And, and she kind of stumbled upon cooking, lighthearted, fun movie, great message and really does, I think, highlight for us the the power that we have at our disposal through something as simple as meals, right? Something so simple, so ordinary, but God made us that way. That That's why it's so powerful because God made us that way. So uh, I, I want to share with you, if you've not seen this movie, I do have the, the trailer, the original trailer right here. I want to play this for you and um, 
and then maybe make a few comments about um, about it. Let's take a listen. I'm Julia Child. Bon appetit. Before she changed the world, Julia Child was just an American living in France. Shouldn't I find something to do? What is it that you really like to do? Eat. And we are so good I at it. Look at you. Now, they how grew good in you front are. of you. But what does Julia Child have to do with me, lowly cubicle worker Julie Powell? So how's your job, Julie? Are you the person to speak to about my insurance form? You can speak to me. Do you have any power? No. Heartbreak. So sad. Painful. Not in a bad way. I don't know. Do you think I'm lost? Is this lost? If you met me, would you think that woman is lost? I would think that woman is strangely repetitive. Did you hear what happened to this one? Showtime bought my blog for a miniseries. I could write a blog. I have thoughts. Write a blog about cooking. I'm not a real cook like Julia Child. Julia Child wasn't always Julia Child. Why don't I go to cooking school? The Julie slash Julia Project. I cook my way through Julia Child's cookbook. 365 days, 524 recipes. I am risking my well-being for a deranged assignment. Is it crazy? Yes. You should have seen the way those men looked at me. But then they discovered I was fearless. Oh, Julia, you make it sound so simple. Your book is going to change the world. What if I don't make my deadline? I'll waste a whole year of my life. I used to be thin and now I'm fat. Just your face. It's supposed to be a big adventure, but it just turns out to be a lot of meltdowns. Yeah! There's all of this stuff on the floor! Oh, never apologize. From writer-director Nora Ephron. <laughs> that is good, isn't it? Meryl Streep, Amy Adams. I was drowning and she pulled me out of the ocean. Don't get carried away. What's for dinner? What's for dinner? Mm. Oh, my God. You have no real talent for cooking. <laughs> Julie and Julia, based on two true stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fun. It's fun, for sure. Um, you know, it's interesting. I was thinking about it because it, some of it is relatable. You know, it is very relatable. I mean, the fact is, is that I love to cook. And, uh, you know, in 2008, I started this thing called The Catholic Foodie because I needed a creative outlet. I was looking for something, you know, and I started to write and to share my faith and my love for cooking and good food at CatholicFoodie.com. And it, you know, it became, it was a podcast and there was no radio at the time, no radio show, no radio, anything. And man, I can't even go back and listen to some of those early shows. It, they just, they, they make me cringe, <laughs> you know, but, but it grew into something because people love food and people love to talk about food and people love to cook good food when they have time and people love to eat good food. So it's just been, uh, it was very, very relatable, but I tell you what, there were a few things that a few issues that kind of crept up in the movie that was just unnerving. And maybe I'll, uh, I'll tell you about one or two of them when we get back, because guess what? We got to take a break. It happens. It happens at least three times during the show. We got to take a break, but don't go away. We'll be back in just a minute. You're listening to The Catholic Foodie Show on Redbox Media. I'm Jeff Young, your host, and I'll be here when we come back from the break.
Welcome back to the Catholic Foodie Show. I'm Jeff Young, your host, the Catholic Foodie. So glad to hear you with me today. I was sharing with you before the break uh, some of the similarities, I guess, or similar experiences that, that I felt like I had uh, in starting the Catholic Foodie with uh, this 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 Julie Powell who started to do this blog and and cook her way through Julia Child's book. And you know, again, the movie was very entertaining, very uplifting. I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I've never read the book, so I don't know what's in there. Uh, and I, and I've I've learned. Uh, of some uh, sad uh, occurrences that that took place uh, after she became famous and successful uh, with that movie. I, I'm not going to read her second book. Let's just leave it at that. But for the movie, just as the movie, you know, holding it just as it is, or looking at it just as it is for at face value, um, it was it was good. It was enjoyable. But I'll tell you that one thing that came up, one thing kind of crept up in the movie that, you know, I've, I've wrestled with kind of interiorly before too. And that is, uh, the danger of, uh, narcissism, right? That you could see at a, at one point as she's writing that it was really just all about her, all about her, very narcissistic. And I can tell you that it's, it's a dangerous thing because, and I've talked about this, I've, I've, I've spoken on social, about social media and how to use it in evangelization, all those kind of things. And how important it is that we are, that we, that we have a Catholic presence on social media. It's so very important because it's a, a very important means of evangelization. It's a way to reach out to people who may not be sitting in church you know, on a, on a weekly basis or, or whatever. And so we need to be there at the same time. It's, it's, we have to keep our perspective. We have to keep the focus on Jesus. We have to keep the focus not on ourselves. And it's very difficult because what do I do? What do I talk about? What do I share? I share stories. And some of the stories are about me in my life and my experience, but I don't share those stories in order to shine a big spotlight on me and say, Hey, look how great I am. Right. I share my experience in the hope that my experience, which oftentimes is my failures, <laughs> my culinary disasters, my failure as a parent, my failure as whatever. Um, it, oftentimes it's those things that really help people. It's human stories, the importance of, of human story, the stories of other people's human experience. They really do help us lift us up and give us hope. And that's what I hope to do here. But I've seen it happen. And I've wrestled with it myself, sometimes getting so frustrated because I feel like, what is it am I, that I'm sharing? You know, is it really just, I, I get tired of talking about my own stories, you know, and that's why it's so awesome to have guests on the show and to bring someone else on and to talk about their stories. And that's something that looking back at the Catholic Foodie Show in 2015, we had a lot of awesome guests. It's been, it was just fantastic. And I've got great guests lined up to come and join us on the show uh, in 2016. But not every show is like that. So I'm trying to bring something of value, something good to you that'll hopefully help you to feel hopeful about life, hopeful about your family, about family meals, <laughs> about your faith, about God, you know, that there's something good in this world. That's That's what I hope to do. And, uh, and I keep that in the forefront of my mind, but I, you know, just to, to watch, uh, Julie Powell, the, the, the character here in the movie go through that, that, that kind of dark and kind of very selfish, nar narcissistic time and, and how it impacts other people in her life. It was like, whoa, that see that that's look at it, look around, look at Facebook, look at social media. That's we have a, we live in a very narcissistic society. 
That's just part and parcel of where we are. We're in mission territory, folks. That's where we are. So anyway, a good movie. If you haven't seen it before, uh, I, I would recommend it. I think it's very entertaining. And I'd love to hear your comments. I, I think Meryl Streep as Julia Child was just incredible. She was so awesome. And and what a character. I mean, what a what a uh, a personality, huh? Julia Child. Um, I agree with her 100%. You can never have too much butter. I put butter in everything. I usually butter my butter. I love butter so much. It's so good. But in, in, in she always used to say too that uh, people who love to eat make the best people <laughs> or are the best kind of people. Why? Because there's something, there's an acknowledgement there of like, what our humanity, like just the reality of our humanity, right? What makes us human? And that's, uh, I think, a very important thing. Sometimes we forget about that in our narcissistic and Gnostic, neo-Gnostic society that we live in today. But let's talk about food. Yeah, I've been promising for two days now to talk to you about these top 15 restaurants. This is an article that uh, uh, is posted at uprocks.com, Up. R-O-X-X.com. They apparently have a series. I don't know a whole lot about the the, the website, but they have a, a, a series called Eat This City where they, they talk about, they highlight different, you know, the food in different cities. And so in this one, it was Alan Shia, the chef, chef Alan Shia, who um, won like all kind of awards last year himself and also uh, his restaurant, new restaurant Shia that opened up in February of 2015 uh, on Magazine Street, which is Israeli cuisine in New Orleans. And it is just dynamite, absolutely dynamite. Uh, well, he uh, apparently on Instagram shared 15 of his must-try places in New Orleans, and I wanted to uh, to share these with you today. You know, I live down here in New Orleans, right outside the city, right outside of New Orleans, uh, and, and uh, have been in and around New Orleans uh, for all of my marriage. Uh, when we got married, my wife and I, we got married in the city, so we spent a lot of time in the city, even, even today. Uh, and Chef Shia is not from here. He, he was originally born in Israel, and I think he grew up in um, in Philadelphia. Anyway, he worked with uh, uh, the 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 uh, Besh Restaurant Group, not in New Orleans, outside of New Orleans for a while, and then in 2008 he left and went to Italy to just learn everything he could about Italian cuisine and stayed there for a year, just studying, just trying to work and learn everything he could while he was there. Then he came back and started working with uh, Chef John Besh at Dominica, which is just, uh, uh, oh, it's amazing. The Roosevelt Hotel in New Orleans. Anyway, they then opened up uh, another restaurant called Pizza Dominica, uh, which is just incredible. The, the pizza, the dough that you get there, the, the crust is, wow. I mean, the, the pizza ovens that they have, wood-fired, it's just, oh, oh, and I love pizza. I got to tell you, I just love pizza. But I'm going to put links in the show notes to these places. You're going to have to check out the pictures. The pictures of the pizzas from Pizza Dominica are mm, just so awesome. Anyway, these are uh, his his favorite restaurants. Of course, for pizza, you got to go to Pizza Domenica. Why? I mean, he had his hand in it, of course, and it's just it's just so good. It's just so good. He says, um, you know, just a pizza margarita, just a plain margarita with with uh, with the the the, the uh, tomato sauce, you know, in the in the mozzarella. Ugh. so so. Awesome. He says, I cannot have enough of a perfectly made margarita. It's a classic combination for a reason. 
The flavors come together so perfectly with sweetness from the tomato sauce, the richness and tartness from a great quality buffalo uh, uh, buffalo mozzarella, and the fresh and floral fa- flavor of basil that cuts through it all. I love it when they're baked at 700 degrees, so they char up a little, but cook long enough to get a crispy crust. It just so happens that I can get all of that from Chef Morgan uh, Angel at Pizza Dominica in New Orleans. For tacos or Mexican, he recommends Johnny Sanchez, which is a new restaurant too. It's been open about a year, I think. Maybe not even that long. Uh, He says, crispy Louisiana shrimp tacos from Johnny Sanchez. That's what he recommends. Uh, They are beautifully tempura fried, tossed in a chili uh, mayonnaise with pickled carrots and onions. The flavor of the Gulf shrimp really comes through and can only be experienced in this part of the world with shrimp that are out of the water for less than 24 hours. Fresh shrimp. That's awesome. Uh, They make their corn tortillas from scratch and it makes all the difference in texture and flavor. I squeeze a pinch of lime, he says, over the top uh, uh, right before stuffing my face with three shrimp tacos. For Asian, he recommends Quang Min Pho Ga. I don't know if I even pronounced that correctly. It's Vietnamese cuisine. That's where he likes to go with his wife. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, He has a lot to say here about uh, that particular restaurant for street food, Koshan Butcher. Uh, I love that in the warehouse district. Koshan Butcher is a, one of my favorite places to go. He says, I'm a big supporter of the Muffalata, which is a, a local Louisiana or New Orleans uh, sandwich creationist, a creation of the Sicilian immigrants to New Orleans. Uh, it's around bun crusted with sesame seeds that's toasted and layered with cured meats, provolone cheese, and an oily olive salad with pickled vegetables. He'll order one to go from a Koshan Butcher and eat it standing at his car <laughs> in a savage manner. Uh, you know it's good when the oil from the olive salad drips down your chin as you make your way through the sandwich. Now, you know, that's, that's good. You kind of enjoy the eating process there. That uh, is beautiful. For sweet food, he's talking Willa Jean Bakery. Now, a few of these that I've mentioned already are part of the Chef John Besh restaurant group. Willa Jean Bakery is one of them. Another new uh, restaurant's been open again about a year or so. Um, he says, I'm a real sucker for a great sweet potato pie. Chef Kelly Fields at uh, Willa Jean Bakery makes it uh, makes the best I've ever had. She has white chocolate to it. I think it's because it's associated with Thanksgiving, a word which always gets me hungry no matter what's on the table. Uh, I'm always drawn to a delicious sweet potato pie. I especially love it when it's topped with unsweetened whipped cream and has a perfect flaky crust. And they do a great job. They really do. For fine dining, he talks, uh, he says Brighton's, Brighton's uh, restaurant. And Frank Bryce, uh, Bry- uh, Brighton, Brightson's, Brighton's restaurant. Frank Brightson was on the Catholic Foodie Show just a few weeks back uh, talking about Chef Paul Prudhomme. Fantastic interview. If you haven't listened to it, you can find it over at catholicfoodie.com. Brighton's is simply, it, it is a classic. It's classic New Orleans fine dining restaurant run by Marna and Frank Brightson. Uh, Frank is a protege of the late and great Chef Paul Prudhomme. Uh, that restaurant will show you why New Orleans cuisine has become world famous. Everything from their roast duck to pecan pies, the best version of Creole cuisine in the city. And the restaurant is in an old house, and it feels like you've been invited to a dinner party. Awesome stuff. We're going to have to finish the rest of the list tomorrow, folks. You've been listening to the Catholic Foodie Show here on Breadbox Media. So glad that you spent this time with me today. And uh, until next time, bon appetit.